I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Reckless Talk. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Andy Munoz of the RSL Show, and today we're going to bring you special audio from the footage that I collected while gathering stuff for TV for KSL, uh, KSL Sports. So we have, first up, we've got Major League Soccer Commissioner Don Garber, and then right after that, we get David Blitzer, the new owner, and partner, uh, the owner of the Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith, talking in the same interview. Um, I'm just going to throw the audio raw for you guys to enjoy. Uh Really, really cool vibes at the stadium today. Uh, big day for Real Salt Lake. A big day in history. I think you guys are going to like the stuff that is said in this interview. So, without further ado, let's get started and go Real Salt Lake. Also, this episode is brought to you by KSL Sports. So I'm I'm curious. Uh, it was a long process. Was there ever a time when you thought it might not work out in Salt Lake? No, ne- never at all. You know the uh, process actually uh, happened a bit faster than it might have. You know we we basically have been operating the club for one year and have been very very active in a sales process. But sometimes these things uh, take time. So we're fortunate to be able to be here today and have two great owners and. David Blisser and Ryan Smith and kind of lead the next era of professional soccer here in Salt Lake. You've been Major League Soccer for a long time and the NFL before that, so I'm curious at what point did you meet David? How far back does your relationship I've known David for about 10 years. You know, our, our industry is relatively small. Yeah. There are a handful of folks that, you know, own uh, sports teams and everybody knew David was a, a big-time soccer fan and owned Crystal Palace and was buying other uh, clubs in Europe and Ten years or so ago when he came back from the U.K., uh, he was uh, back in New York for a month, and I was one of his first meetings and been talking to him about coming into MLS for, for many, many years, but it required really the right market and, and the right opportunity. So this opportunity arose, and we were always very committed that we needed to have a local ownership group partner with anybody uh, if, if the general partner was not going to be uh, local. and. 
to be able to have that person be Ryan is uh, is really a great win. What is more, uh, what will inform him more about RSL and Major League Soccer? His experience with multiple teams in Europe, including Crystal Palace, or his experience in North American sports with the NHL, the NBA, the Sixers? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. You know, uh, the the owning an NBA team and an NHL team, operating uh, two venues in two cities, and and combining that with the love of the game and the experience with uh, with now six uh, professional football clubs, yeah, that's a that's a pretty dream combination right there. Uh, so uh, I think his experience is perfect. You know, David's a young guy and uh, has got a lot of energy. Played the game and has been following the game. And I want to really emphasize that without Ryan, uh, the combination of the two, uh, I'm not sure we would have gone forward. You know, we really needed and insisted on a local component. And I have Ryan, who we spoke to first. It was the first phone call we made when MLS took over the sales process was to Ryan Smith. And, uh, you know, a month after that first call, he bought the Jazz, so he got a little busy. Uh, but here we are and was able to make the deal. So I assume that their relationship is fairly new then, that they haven't known each other for Well, they've known time? each other since Ryan has been in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, that's, you know, the better part of a year. And, and both are actively involved on the NBA board. So I, I'm curious, what what was the – do you know much about Salt Lake or Utah? Was there some uh, – did you did Ryan bring him up to speed on that or you? Or, well, you know, uh, David, like so many of us, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time here in Salt Lake. I mean, if you ski, and I've been skiing my whole life, you spend time here. And David's been skiing here for 40 years. So uh, he knew the market. But, you know, he's been an NBA owner for quite some time. And, you know, the Jazz, one of the better franchises in, in the whole – National Basketball Association. So he knows the market, and anybody in pro sports knows, you know, Salt Lake mm-hmm. because of uh, of the Jazz. Uh, so I think his connection to Ryan, uh, and that came through the NBA, allowed them both to talk about, and I think they should speak to this, talk about what together they could achieve uh, that would be better than any individual uh, ownership group coming in on their own. What do you, What does this do for the league to have this deal? You know, this is, uh, this is a perfect scenario, right? And, and, you know, I have to say this this team is close to the league's heart. It was the first expansion team that we brought in in 05 along with a second team in Los Angeles uh, when we restructured our league. Uh, we were very involved in getting the stadium built and, and launching the club with Dave Checkets and then bringing in Deloy. And then Deloy has been involved with our league for quite some time and really elevated the club here in the community, particularly with the project in Harriman. And this is the next chapter in that book. Uh, we've got a, a young tech entrepreneur who's well-known and, and somebody that will bring his innovative approach to uh, sports, to Major League Soccer, and I'm very, very excited about that. You have David who's got great experience already in two uh, North American sports leagues and many international clubs. I mean, it is a dream ownership group. And th- things don't always work out that well right when so i'm very very pleased that it worked out this way when you mentioned harriman is that facility combined with the stadium a couple of unusual assets across the league that anchors the team here very much so i mean not not every fan knows about that and not everybody in the community knows about that uh one of the great training facilities in all of global football global soccer is here in the salt lake area in this region in harriman uh the complex is amazing uh the academy is terrific they have a, they have a second team uh, they have the right to bring back uh, the NWSL team, and I'm uh, hopeful and have expectations that they will. Uh, you think about the combination of those assets, 
those different brands. That's unusual uh, for a young league like ours. So uh, that's why it, uh, the sales process was complicated because there were a number of elements within it. Uh, but uh, here we are, and it's an exciting day. As part of the sale, were any guarantees made as far as uh, updating the stadium, any work on the facility here? Well, you know, it's less about guarantees, and it's more about a general understanding. I mean, they, uh, this stadium is terrific. It was built in 2009, 2009, and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of new stadiums that have, built, have been built since then. So uh, they're going to take a look at everything that needs to be done here and in Harriman and uh, make whatever adjustments need to be made. How much is off your plate now that you've sold three teams in less than a year? Well, you know, this is part of the, the maturation process of, uh, of any sports league. When we're going into now our, our 20, uh, my 24th season and the league's 27th season, uh, and there's going to be some transition of ownership over that period of time. So there were three team sales in a short period of time, and uh, we have some expansion coming in, a new team in Charlotte coming in uh, next year, a new team in St. Louis coming in after that. We have two new facilities coming online, our Nashville facility, 30,000 seats coming on this year, and our St. Louis complex will come on uh, later in the spring. I mean, we are we got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> how much is the uh, media rights deal and figuring out how to really springboard off the World Cup at the front yeah. of your agenda? I mean, this is an unbelievably exciting time to be in the sports business. And, you know, we're get, consumers are telling us, viewers are telling us when and how they want to uh, watch games and interact with games, and uh, we're going to deliver them wh where they want it, how they want it, and on unique platforms. So uh, we got very fortunate that our media deals, all of our content uh, uh, relationships expire at the end of the 23 season, and we're out very active uh, uh, in the marketplace with our, you know, hopefully new relationships that we'll announce uh, halfway through this year. I, just last question, will you just speak a little bit about how unusual or remarkable it was that what Salt Lake was able to accomplish with no owner last year? You know, this is, it's, it, leagues don't like to operate teams, and it's not what we do. Uh, and John Kimball and his staff uh, were great caretakers and managers of this club on and off the field, uh, reporting into, you know, a, a, a league executive in, in New York City. And to keep the brand going and to keep the fans entertained, to deliver unbelievable excitement all the way through the playoffs in an unexpected way is a remarkable uh, achievement and a, and a great undertaking and they deserve a really uh, a great pat on the back and, and an acknowledgement from everybody who cares about uh, uh, this club and, it, and its family of, of, of different facilities so a great thank you to John and his uh, staff, we're really proud of them If RSL had won two more games who would you have handed the trophy to? Uh, we probably would have handled it, handed it to John Kimball. I'm sure he was polishing his uh, his new suit and uh, hoping that he was going to be receiving that trophy. All right. <laughs> Take care. Thanks a All right, so you just heard from MLS Commissioner Don Garber. Now we move over to David Blitzer and Ryan Smith. So, good. So, first question, how long have you guys known each other? Well, we've known of, e of each other for years we have a ton of mutual friends in common so i've been hearing about ryan smith ryan smith you know i followed qualtrics um etc but in terms of him and i it was really when ryan came into the nba yeah i think um you know being on those calls you get to know a lot of personalities and a lot of people um and then you know we spoke a couple months ago and then most recently this happened pretty quick i mean there was a and and there was interest 
at every level. There was there was interest from from our side, um, but we ended up doing the jazz a week later, <laughs> and that's a big project, right? And it's it's a lot of work. So, um, you know, let, let me ask yeah. you: when you went ahead and bought the jazz, did you think that was the end of this opportunity? Or? I didn't know. I mean, it was such a daunting undertaking, and and you know, such an amazing legacy with the Millers that it's it's. You're kind of just focused on that, and I, I assumed that probably someone would come in. Um, I never, in my wildest dreams, would have been able to see that Blitzer would choose Utah because of his soccer portfolio. I mean, I hope Utahns are excited and, and really understand that, that David's been looking at the MLS for ten years, has probably one of the top two soccer portfolios in the world, and we're not we're not just getting someone coming in, we're getting an entire network and our footprint just expanded and that's pretty special. And so when we called and said, Hey, you want to do it together? It was, are you kidding me? And, and then it all comes down to, can you get a deal done? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so were you all watching the team play and what, what yeah. were your thoughts? David? Well, look, I mean, you know, putting on my fan hat, you know, it's, you it's hard to get transactions done. So even though I was very excited to be able to come to this state and to this city and to this market and to RSL, um, and obviously to be able to do that with Ryan for me was, you know, kind of perfect. But then you didn't know if you were going to get something done. So I'm watching the team just with, you know, as a fan all throughout, you know, kind of the, you know, let's call it late summer into the end of the season. And it was kind of, as you all know, a very fun run. I mean, I still know where I was sitting there when they made the playoffs on. I mean, the odds of that happening were really low uh, and super exciting. And then the run to the Western Conference Finals is really cool. And look, we're fans, right? I mean, you've probably seen Ryan at jazz games. You know, you see me at games. Um, you know, you, you never get the fan out of you in that sense. So it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. So what is your, your vision for the club? Because he mentioned your portfolio. And you're an East Coast guy, you're a Jersey guy, Devils, Sixers, European soccer, and all of a sudden you're coming West. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the reality is I don't think I'm an anything guy uh, from that <laughs> standpoint. You know, I've lived, you know, in many different places in many different countries. And um, from my perspective, I'm very bullish on the MLS and I'm very bullish on U.S. soccer and just where this country is going with this sport. But it was all about the partner and the market. And so to Ryan's point, I've looked at investing in, in various MLS clubs um, since I moved back to the U.S. about close to 10 years ago. Um, but it just didn't click in that sense in terms of the partner and the marketplace. And this clicked very clearly. I mean, incredible market, incredible state, incredible infrastructure, and an incredible partner. So what does that all mean? I don't know. Ryan and I are on day one, right? But the reality is, having invested in a variety of sports teams, period, but then you know, soccer teams, I think I just have a view that over time there are benefits to that equation, right? And so this market just got larger in the sense that they can touch the UK from a from a soccer perspective or Germany or some of those amazing other soccer markets. I don't know what that means, but but my sense is there'll be benefits. I'd love to see one of the European teams come and, and play on a tour, you know, in in Salt Lake and, you know, and, and come to the academy and but you know again we're, we're we're early in our journey and so I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, I would just add that um, you know in a dream scenario we're 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 a market that has two professional sports teams, yeah. and I think we're the only ones where those are connected now. 
And that, that would always be, I think, everyone's dream scenario because it, it doesn't take a lot to understand the synergies. And, um, you know, it's about community. We both, we both believe this. We're stewards over this. Gail Miller, it's the first thing she told me, and I, I totally, like, see that. Um, you know, we have day jobs, and I think that we're both passionate about that. And so when you can bring the communities and the fan bases together as, as one family, you do it. And, you know, we're fortunate to be in a spot to be able to do that. And I think it's a big win. Um, I think it's a big win for David coming in here, um, you know, with, with that footprint that it brings. Mm-hmm. And that's unique to MLS. And I think there might be two teams because there's only two portfolios that look like the one David brings. And then I think being tied to the other professional sports team is unique. And so when people are talking about the partnership, um, what's also unique is – my partners in the Jazz and SCG all said we're all in on Utah, um, and we're all in on MLS, and that's how deals get done. It's great, and, and look at this, right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. So have you, been, have you been out here skiing? I've been coming out skiing in Utah since I was seven years old, so I'm probably at near 45, <laughs> 44, something like that. So yeah, absolutely. So, so you know that this is kind of a unique sports market, like you, you just mentioned a little bit. Ryan probably understands that better than the rest of us. But better than anybody, yeah. other than the um, Millers. So what, what do you think, what do you think, Ryan, I guess, in, in, in talking to him and in bringing him in? Like, is it going to expand sort of what people understand about this market and, and why it is unique? Well, so first of all, I think people understand the market. I mean... You know, if you're in sports, David understands Utah. He's been here. He's had teams come here. Um, you know, Utah's not a secret anymore. And I think that uh, uh, today is a manifestation of that, that David's looked at teams early on in MLS when prices were probably a lot cheaper and the opportunity was there and said, no, I need the right fit. And this is where he's chose to make his, his play in, in MLS. And I think... I think that, that that's, that's the first piece of it. Um, but Utah continues to grow with or without sports or with or without. I mean, it's going. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think that we have a chance to really try to bring the community together. There's, a, there's an additional fan base. There's a lot of overlap. Um, but, you know, with the community and the globalization of soccer, like, oh, my word. Like, how, how do you tie those together? How do, we, how do we tie other events that are coming through with both stadiums? that we have and both practice facilities and um, there's a lot of synergy that we have and a lot of tools we have to work with to, to continue to elevate um, they're both phenomenal organizations here and there's no secret the, the, how, how great and um, how impactful RSL's been both in MLS and then the Jazz for NBA and David yeah, look, gets it's, that look, it's an incredible market there's no question about that and the growth is clear and obvious, but the fan base, right? It's passionate. It's it's an amazing fan base. You have an amazing fan base with the Jets. Now you have both amazing fan bases. Um, what I'd love to continue to see is obviously invest in our existing fan base because we love them, but continue to grow that fan base, grow it across this market, grow it across this state, grow it more broadly. Europe. Um, so I think we're really excited about that. But you're, we're starting with such an incredible environment around this market and around this team. It's just exciting. So this has been a little of uh, Oakland Athletics money ball here for quite some time. There's been a lot of success. Uh, two trips to the MLS Cup final in that. 
do you view that differently going forward with the payroll and investing more in DPs? Or are you thinking more the the money ball model for a stadium this size and a market this size? I don't think there's a um, a quick answer to that question because I've never thought that it's just quote a money ball thing or it's just a spend to the absolute max thing. It's it's like anything. It's 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 a combination of factors in bringing together a team and a culture and a way of playing and a passion for being out there in this club. And, you know, this is day one for Ryan and I, right? So there's a lot for us to work through and a lot to talk through, but we have a great management team. Um, and we were able to, you know, sign and extend our coach who we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pablo's going to have, obviously, a lot of views. And, you know, again, I think we are purely – clearly interested and super competitive of wanting to have a team that's going to win the MLS Cup. Let's be clear. Uh, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. How that all f- comes through and the formation of the team is, a, you know, obviously a, you know, ongoing. It, it's a journey. It's not one year. Exactly. It's, it's You've got to be looking out and saying, hey, what does this look like? But, I, I mean, we want to win. This facility, uh, there's been a lot of talk, safe standing, more luxury suites, bunker suites. I heard in the one week before he bought the Jazz that Ryan had already toured the facility. Um, what do you what do you think about it going forward? I, I mean, I think there's short term and then there's long term, right? And you have to look at every facility that way, right? I mean, we, we've had a lot of discussions about just about what they've got in Philadelphia, and and I, I will tell you that within this group, we're we're pretty well versed on facilities. <laughs> Uh, because that's that's a commonality with every sports team. And so we're going to look and say, okay, what does this facility offer? Um, there's a lot of goodness and greatness that, that I can see already that I saw before. Um, not only that, but also the, the training facility, but also where sports going. Where's the fan experience going? I mean, that's a world I come from. And, you know, trying to say, hey, how do, how do people want to view? And there's not a commissioner in any professional sports that isn't trying to intersect with the future technology, fan experience. And how do we bring that to life? And um, that's a journey as well. And so, you, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day on, on that, but we're not starting from, we're starting from where we are today. The question is, how do we intersect our facility and fan experience with the future? Right. I think that's obviously very well said. Look, we're, I think we're starting from a position of strength. When you look at all the facilities and the, and the training facilities and the academy and this stadium, um, you know, so we're, we're excited about that. But I look, it's very clear, again, that, that Ryan and I, uh, care deeply about the teams, the communities, the fan experiences. So, you know, you'll, there'll be money put in that you won't see. <laughs> there'll be money that gets put in that you will see. But this is a journey. And, um, you know, we're excited to, you know, continuously invest in this club. Your background in soccer, Last we know question. you own clubs. Uh, but you played also? Can you tell <laughs> the fans about that? Played. Yeah, I was a really good high school player who could not, <laughs> who could not play beyond high school. But, look, uh, I love the sport. Uh, it's fantastic. I wish I was better. You know, we might be having a different conversation right now. You're a great talent scout is what you're saying, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, will this affect your NBA relationship at all? Don't yeah, it's it funny. Well, <laughs> both, we're done playing the Jazz for this season unless we meet in the NBA Finals, so that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny, though. We were both in the, in the suite last night um, talking and both watching. The, the Sixers. We had the separate game. games on. Both teams won, so everyone's in a better mood this morning. Yes, I, I went. The fact that we both won last night was was a good outcome. I'm sure we will have uh, uh, some fun um, as uh, as the years uh, and seasons progress. But look, they have an amazing franchise. I think we have an amazing franchise, and I can only hope that the Sixers and the Jazz will meet in the NBA Finals one day. That'll be great. All right, we'll see everybody at noon. Yeah.
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielso Lake puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.